Victoria. My name is Liz and I am a pre-K through 12 general music and chorus teacher in upstate New York. My experience is strictly in vocal singing and not with instruments. How do you recommend going about creating lessons for little kids if I don't have a huge amount of experience with pretty much any percussion instruments? I also just want to say, your planning binder and elementary planning kit have been two of the most important lifelines in my first year of teaching. I was feeling so overwhelmed at the idea of creating my own curriculum, but with your help, I finally got my curriculum off the ground. Thank you so much. I need to first say a huge thank you to Liz for her kind words and taking the time to share that feedback. Hearing stuff like that absolutely makes my day. Let's jump into this question because I know this is a thought process other educators have walked through. Statistically speaking, not across the board, but statistically, many elementary general music teachers come from a vocal background. And that makes a lot of sense because we have so much emphasis on the voice as the first instrument and sometimes the primary instrument in our teaching. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, sometimes though, it's tricky if you have only been trained in one instrument pedagogy, instrumental experience. It can be tricky to think through how do I even approach this other form of music making that feels so different from my previous background. What's interesting here is that even though we don't often think about the intersection between vocal pedagogy and percussion pedagogy, these two fields are actually uh, shockingly interconnected. There is a lot of overlap with how we would intuitively teach the voice and how we would intuitively teach a percussionist. In my undergraduate training, I actually had two primary instruments. One was voice, and I trained as a coloratura, and the other is percussion. And so I got to do two juries every semester. I did two senior recitals and the whole shebang. So this is a really fun topic and area to think through for me and hopefully for you too. So we'll jump in with a big, gigantic question that's going to guide our thinking uh, as we walk through this process. And then I'll talk about a process from moving from voice to percussion. And then we'll look at that process with a couple different examples for primary grades. The big question that we need to answer before we decide how percussion instruments are going to take a role in our classroom is just very simply, what's the purpose? When we look at our long range plans for the year, or for that matter, for the month, and for that matter, for that specific lesson, we need to establish why did I choose this song? What are the musical concepts that we are exploring or what are the concepts that we are exploring, you know, educational, social, whatever it may be. What's the point here? What is the musical outcome that I want to see in my students? What is the point? So if we are going to play apple tree, if we're going to sing and play the game to apple tree, we might have chosen it very simply because it's fun. And that might be our long range goal. That is a fabulous goal. We also might have the goal of students exploring so la so me patterns, or it might be a rhythm uh, to like a ta and ta a beat and a beat to subdivision uh, experience, or it might be a steady beat experience. We have a lot of different options for the purpose of the song. And that 
purpose is going to inform the instrumental, um, I'm going to use the word extension, even though it doesn't need to be like an, an extra thing that we do, but the instrumental component of this, the instrumental arm of the activity. So whatever the purpose is, we are going to view the instrumental experience as a natural next step, a natural extension or a natural arm component of the main purpose. It's not divorced from the, the primary objective for that song. It is just one more tool in our tool belt to help students actualize and embody their musical knowledge and understandings. So once we know the purpose of the song, we can think about what kind of instrument would serve that purpose best. So an example would be if we are going to clap the rhythm of the words, well, you see this motion that we do, we have two hands, they are apart and then they come together and they go back apart like this. And we have a very short disconnected sound. Because of the sound we are trying to create, and again, that sound is directly connected to the purpose of the activity, clapping the rhythm of the words, uh, because of the physical mechanics of clapping and the kind of sound that we want to make, rhythm sticks are a natural area, a natural uh, instrumental area to go next. Let's say that we want to play something very tight, very agile. Let's say we want to be doing some uh, 16th notes and 16th note combinations, you know. Oof, can you imagine doing that on rhythm sticks, handing those to your second graders, your third graders, your fifth graders for that matter, and, and asking them to play it? Oh, that would be really tricky. So rhythm sticks are not going to be an intuitive use for this uh, particular goal. We would be much better off using something like tubanos. Okay, so let's say, so that is, you know, an example of a natural pairing of the musical outcome and the physical characteristics of sound production and then the sound properties of the instrument itself. So let's say that we want to have some experiences speaking an elongated sound over two beats. Ah, okay, so the key here is that we need something that makes a long sound. So finger symbols are a, a sound, an instrument that just make sense here because of that elongation. Now, I do not mean that every time you want to play half notes, you need to pull out finger symbols, but I do want to just illustrate that the musical outcome, the purpose of the activity and the sound properties of the instrument and the physical mechanics of playing the instrument all play into what instruments you choose to use and how you use them. So this is a flexible way of thinking it, right? Again, half notes do not always equal finger symbols. There are many options, but I want us to be thinking intentionally about the musical purpose of the activity and how the instrumental choice fits into the purpose. So in other words, the instrumental activity is not something that happens off on its side as its own unit of study. There is not, I mean, let me back up. You certainly could have one unit on unpitched percussion, let's say, but that wouldn't necessarily be my recommendation. My recommendation would be for instrumental experiences to be a naturally embedded part of musical expression in the classroom. And they will be naturally embedded when we we can tie them back to our musical purpose as we have notated in our long range plans.
So let's talk about a process to walk from uh, no instruments to suddenly you look around the room and everyone is playing an instrument. Uh, do you remember a long time ago in episode one, we talked about some of the characteristics of elemental music. And one of them was that we want the instrumental experiences to be a natural extension of the body. And it's one of those things that makes this elemental. So we have the voice that is uh, an elemental instrument in that it is a very basic thing that most people have access to already. And along the same lines, we use the body as our own instruments, things like body percussion, because again, that is something that most people have physical coordination over. Most people have access to uh, showing, telling their body what to do that brain body connection. And so then the instrumental piece is going to be a natural next step from that whatever instruments we choose to use in the classroom, we want them to be as accessible as possible. And that is why you see so many, um, orf instruments, so many bard instruments, and then so many percussion instruments, because it's a natural extension of the human body. So the key here is that we are going to start with voice and then move to body percussion or some sort of physical body movement and then to the voice. And that body percussion movement idea, that is the missing link between these two areas of study that feel sometimes uh, quite isolated from each other. So the starting point is the voice, then we move to body percussion, and then we move to instruments after that. This is a really good rule of thumb process for all of us to use, no matter how experienced our students are at a particular instrument or, um, you know, how much experience they've had in our music classrooms so far. This is a really great progression, pedagogically speaking. You don't need to use every single step each time. For example, if you want to do a mallet piece with your fifth graders, you do not always need to start with the voice and then go to body percussion and then go to instruments. But more often than not, especially if you are not sure where to start, this is the framework to start. While I'm thinking about it, there are two resources that have a couple more examples than what we'll get into here, uh, and those are free on the website. The first one is Beginning Unpitched Percussion in Elementary Music. This is a blog post that has a few more details, and uh, there's a PDF that goes along with that. And then as far as the mallet side of things, uh, there is a YouTube video and a blog post that you can find called Scaffolding Mallet Instruction for Elementary General Music. And I'll have the links to both of those in the show notes, or you can just do a quick Google search. Okay. So we're going to start with the voice that is speaking or singing. And then we take whatever we were speaking or singing, and we find a way to embody, right? The, the actual physical body, uh, embody that sound through body percussion or some other form of movement. And then that leads to the instruments. And let's look at several different examples using the rhyme BB Bumblebee. So we will talk about this rhyme on instruments for teaching steady beat, teaching rhythm, rhythm versus beat, uh, loud and quiet, high and low, and then a just for fun exploration expression activity. This rhyme is BB Bumblebee stung a man upon his knee, stung a pig upon his snout, 
I declare that you are out. So we have a counting out game. Students are seated in a circle and they are passing a ball from one student to the other in a steady beat as they speak the song, a ball or another object. So we will start with speaking the rhyme and patting the steady beat while we speak it. B, B, bumblebee. And as we pat, we are doing like bouncy fingers, like spider fingers on our leg. And it's just a very gentle bounce. Okay. So guess what? This motion of bouncing, Ooh, that will be very easy to just change our hand shape a little bit. Keep the bounce, throw a tubano under it instead of a knee. And now we are playing a tubano. And then we speak the rhyme while a few students at a time pat the steady beat at a tubano. So the tubano, the tubano is in the middle of the circle and whoever is out chooses a friend or two and they go to the instrument and they play the steady beat while the rest of the class is still speaking and playing the game. This is one of the reasons that I really like having tubanos as a primary instrument. Like one of the first instruments that I want to have in the classroom is because it's going to work for those older students playing their 16th note combinations. And it's also going to work for my very young students who are just working on steady beats. So I like this instrument a lot, just as an aside. This is going to be one musical work out of many that we choose to work on steady beat over many different lessons. So this is not the only steady beat activity we are going to use, but that process of playing a game and one person gets to play the instrument with a friend or two, that's a process that you can use uh, like a rinse and repeat kind of thing. So notice here that we started with speaking the rhyme and patting the steady beat with our body. So step one, step two, and then the motion of the steady beat very naturally got moved to a tubano. That was a natural extension. Let's talk about rhythm. So here we're still going to be using BB Bumblebee, but we will speak the rhyme on long and short while we clap the rhythm of the word. So this is speech and body, the voice moving to body percussion. It will be long, long, short, short, long, short, 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 long, short, 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 long, short, 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 long. Another thing we can do here is to inner hear the rhyme and clap the rhythm of the words. So instead of speaking long and short, we would just have, right? And that's a nice way for us as the teacher to look around the room and see if students are going to be ready to move to the instrumental extension of the body percussion activity. And guess what? That's an assessment. So inner hearing the rhyme and clapping the rhythm of the words, that is a really great assessment. So if you look around the room and you decide, Hey, I think we are ready to try this. We already talked about how rhythm sticks are a natural extension of clapping because number one of the sound they create and then number two, the physical mechanics of playing the instrument are just a natural um, next step of clapping your hands together. So that's the instrumental extension speaking while we play the words on rhythm sticks. And again, going back to a previous episode, this is one reason I like having rhythm sticks as a first instrument is because I know that I can use them with this rhythmic uh, exploration. Okay. So now we have beat. Now we have rhythm. Now let's talk about the difference between the two and kind of explore that a little bit. 
In this example, we have done already a good amount of speech and a good amount of body percussion. And so we're not teaching anything new with rhythm versus beat, but we are going to be combining things in some different ways. Uh, so one way to use the body first is we're speaking and playing the game. So there's our speech. And then the person who is out is going to choose if the class will pat the beat or clap the rhythm of the words. And then you play the game again, doing it that way. An extension of that moving to instruments is the person who is out plays a steady beat on two bonos while the rest of the class plays the rhythm of the words on rhythm sticks. So that's kind of combining two ideas that we've already done. Another thing, uh, a few episodes we ago, we talked about some ideas for handing out instruments. And one of the ideas was that only every other student has a set of rhythm sticks. So if we wanted to go back to that idea from that podcast episode, uh, every other student in the circle has a set of rhythm sticks and they are playing the rhythm of the words. And then every other student who does not have a set of rhythm sticks is patting the steady beat. And then at the end of the game, the people with the rhythm sticks just hand them off to the person to their right. Now the those people are playing rhythm sticks and the people who used to have them are padding the rhythm of the words. So those are some ideas for extending to instruments from voice. If our primary purpose of the activity is a rhythmic understanding in this case, rhythm versus beat. Let's say that we wanted to use this same process, voice, body percussion to instruments with loud and quiet. We can speak BB Bumblebee loudly and quietly. We can speak and clap the words loudly and quietly. And then we can enter here while we play the words on rhythm sticks loudly and quietly. So same process, just a different musical purpose. If we wanted to use this, let's move to a pitched percussion example. If we wanted to use this with high and low, we can speak the rhyme with a high voice. What I mean is and a low voice, B, B, Bumble, B. So that's the first step, speech with high and low. And then we can speak and clap the words high above our head. So B, B, Bumble, B. And then move down low with our bodies and pat them on the ground with a low voice. So now we've moved from just a vocal experience to also having a physical experience. And then we can take a barred instrument and we're going to place it vertically, like leaning against a wall or leaning on a chair or uh, the teacher holding it up tilted, uh, something like that. So the high side is physically high in the air and the low side is physically low to the ground. And then we do the same thing. Students are speaking the rhyme as they play on the high part of the instrument so they can speak with their high voice on the high side and then speak with our low speaking voice on the bottom part of the instrument. A nice thing to do after we have done that would be to enter here while we play on the high side or the low side. So that's high and low again with BB Bumblebee and again with moving from voice to the body to an instrument. Let's talk about one that would be just for fun, a curricular objective for students to have fun and explore percussion sounds. So let's say we're going to speak the rhyme and then we will speak as we move in open space. Bzzz, 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 bzzz. 
as we move around in open space, like buzzing like a bee. And then the teacher's going to give a signal. It could be a thumbs up. It could be finger symbols, whatever it is. The teacher gives a signal and students buzz their way back to their spots. So we are going to speak the rhyme. This is speech. And then we are speaking the buzz part as we move around in open space and land back in our spot. So that's the scaffold. Then we will speak the rhyme. And instead of buzzing while we move in open space, we can use jingle bell bracelets. You know what I'm talking about? Those Velcro things. <laughs> um, and we will use those to buzz around in open space. Same thing. The teacher gives the thumbs up and we buzz back to our spots. Okay, so now let's extend that even more. Uh, we're going to pull out some different examples from different instrument categories. So different um, uses of woods, metals, skins, shakers, and scrapers. With those instruments out that you have chosen as the teacher, you make that first choice and then students choose off of your choice. So students still have choice, but it is not uh, walking into Target and saying, pick out anything you want. It's walking into one specific aisle of Target and you say, would you rather have X or Y? And students still make the choice. So you pull out the instruments that you are fine with students using. And the question here is, Ooh, let's try out all these different instruments. The teacher shows them and you say, which one of these instruments do you think sounds the most like rain? Which one do you think sounds like snow? Which one sounds like the sun? And we have a class conversation, whatever we choose. Let's say that we have some rain that we decide is a hand drum of some kind. Let's say that the maracas sound like snow. And let's say that the triangle sounds like the sun. And then you'll say, oh, let's play the rain. And students will quietly pat on their laps for the rain. You say, oh, let's play the snow. And students will shake their hands in the air as if they're playing maracas. And you say, oh, let's play the sun. And students are going to just quietly clap. This is not any sort of meter. This is not any sort of very specific rhythm. This is just an instrumental exploration activity. Notice though, students don't quite have the, the instruments yet. And then we can read a book called The Boy Who Lost His Bumble. And this is uh, one that I read on Get Epic. And in this story, there's a boy who loves bees, but bees go away for the winter. And he is not sure when they're coming back or if they are coming back. And so the rain starts to come and students are going to play their rain part. A few students are on hand drums. And then after the rain, the snow comes in the story. And so a few students on maracas are playing their maracas. And then at the end of the story, the sun comes out. A few students are quietly playing the triangles and the bees come back eventually. And then at the end of it, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go back to BB Bumblebee with our jingle bells. And we buzz around in open space at the end end of the story. So in answer to the question, how can we go about creating lessons for young students that use percussion if we don't have any percussion experience? You might not have percussion experience, but you do have experience as a musician and as a pedagogue and as a vocalist and as someone with a body. And so if you have experience in all of these things, we can think creatively and in a way that is pedagogically sound about the percussive experiences that we want students to have. We will start by thinking of the main purpose of the activity. What is the musical purpose? 
purpose. And then we're going to think about how percussion instruments can be an extension of the voice and of our physical bodies of body percussion or another movement. And then I have taken just some ideas using the rhyme BB Bumblebee. There are many more directions you could take this with many more um, musical purposes, but hopefully for today, for this particular moment in this particular podcast, this has been enough to kind of get us thinking creatively about using instruments, not as their own isolated area of study, but a natural embodiment of musical ideas. Did you know that you can assess this podcast? If you enjoy listening, if you find it helpful, if this has been valuable to you in any way, you can show that with quantitative data by rating this podcast five stars on your podcast player. If you have anything else to add that maybe that quantitative number doesn't carry, doesn't show, you can add your own qualitative data by writing a review of this podcast. Your podcast player takes your assessment scores, your reviews very seriously, and it uses them to decide if more music teachers will listen to this podcast, if they will push it forward or if they will not. So your evidence, both qualitative and quantitative can make a big difference. 